0: You know, I, it's a real honor for me to be with you today, and, and I was praying about what God would have me to share, and sometimes, you know, it, it's an easy temptation, because I, I preach a lot, travel around the world speaking a lot, to take a message that God's blessed and kind of just take that and share it again, and ask Him to bless it again, you know, kind of thing. But you know, I, the Lord wouldn't let me do that this time, and I was praying, and the Lord gave me a scripture that He laid on my heart for, for this weekend with you at Gateway. And it's found in the 65th book of the Bible. You know, there are 6, six books in the Bible: 39 the old, 27 the new. And it's the book of Jude, has one chapter, and it's the first verse. I want you to look at this verse with me. Jude writes, he, he he calls himself, he said, Jude, a servant of Christ, of Jesus Christ, and a brother James to those who have been called. If you have your Bible, underline that word called. Who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ. Now, we think about Pastor Robert, we know he's called. Debbie's called, we know that. We, we know Pastor Todd's called. We know Pastor Steve's called. We know all of our campus pastors, they're called. But do you think of yourself as being called? Because you know what? We are called by God. The apostle Paul is so dynamic in this, when he's talking to the church at Corinth, he writes this, and I think I have this for the screens. In 2 Corinthians chapter five, he says, therefore if anyone, now make sure that anyone, that includes us, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, now here we are, and gave us, we who are in Christ, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are to touch people at their point of need and help them know there's a God who loves them and will reconcile them to the life he had ordained for them from the beginning, but sin had robbed them from. That's our ministry. And look what he goes on to say. He said that God was reconciling the world to himself and Christ not counting men's sins against him and he has committed to us, we are in Christ to us, the message of reconciliation. Wow, a message of life and hope. And we are therefore Christ's ambassadors of God. We're making his appeal through us. So write this down somewhere. Find something to write this down. Why don't you write these three words simply down? Here it is. God has given us and called us to a ministry, a message, and a mission. A ministry, a message, and a mission. He's called everyone in Christ Jesus. No matter what your profession is, no matter what, where you are right now, what your gifts and talents are, you're called. And by the way, a calling is a lifelong thing. You never retire from your calling. You can retire from a career, but you never retire from your calling. I tell our people, as long as you got breath in your body, you need to live out your calling every day that God's ordained for you. And sometimes we look at others and say, well, I don't have those gifts, or I don't have the gift of Pastor Robert to preach or teach, and I don't really see my, no, 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 you don't understand. Every one of us has been placed in the body as is pleasing unto the Lord, and we don't function well unless we function together using our gifts and callings for the kingdom. Amen? Because that's where the impact comes in our lives. I don't know about you, but I, I want to honor God. I, I want my life to bring honor to the Lord. And there's a verse that really struck me one day when I discovered it many, many years ago, found in 1 Samuel Chapter two, verse 30. And here's what God says through an unnamed prophet to the, to the priest, Eli, whose sons were very evil. You remember Hophni and Phinehas, they were very evil guys. And the old prophet comes as a warning and he says this to the priest. The words of God, those who honor me, I will honor, the Lord says. Those who dishonor me, it goes on to say in that passage, I will disdain. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want the disdain of God on my life, do you? I want the honor of God on my life. Now, here's the key. When we honor our calling, we position ourselves for the honor of God to rest upon our lives. I was recently in Louisiana and, and uh, I met a couple of Cajun guys, phenomenal guys. I gotta admit, I love Duck Dynasty, hello. You know, I, I love swamp people. I, I, I love, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm not very sophisticated. You know, remember, I'm a football coach, okay? But I met these Cajuns, and I fell in love with them. They're great people, and and we were, and they were talking about all the blessings in their life and blessings in their ministry and, and, and everything they're doing. And he looked at me, he said, man, I'm living in the fog. I said, you're living in the fog? He said, oh yeah, man, I'm in the fog. He said, my children are in the fog. My business is in the fog. Everything I touch is in the fog. I said, what's the fog? He said, the favor of God. He said, I'm living in the favor of God, the blessing of God. God is honoring us. And he said, wherever I go, it's in the fog. He said, man, you hang out with me very long. You're going to be in the fog. And I got up along next to him, and I grabbed him and hugged him. I said, come on, bring the fog on me. I want the fog. I want the favor of God on my life. I'm going to tell you, when I drove up to Gateway today, I could sense in my spirit the fog of God hovering over Gateway. You have the fog of God on you. You know that, don't you? Yeah, you have the fog. Matter of fact, turn to somebody and say, you're setting in the fog right now. You're setting in the fog, you're you're in the fog. Now here's, here's a statement I want you to get hold of. When we honor the calling that God's put upon our lives, we position ourselves to live in the fog, have the honor of God in our lives and blessing our lives. So how do we fulfill that calling? How how do we live a life that brings true honor to God? And and we fulfill that that, that higher calling for our lives. Well, I want us to look at a passage of scripture in Luke chapter 5, because the Lord took me there, and I want us to turn there quickly. This is Jesus calling his first disciples. He comes, he's teaching along the Sea of Galilee, and he comes upon Peter, who's brought his boat up on shore. He's been finished fishing. He's washing his nets out. And he says, Peter, I need to borrow your boat, push it out from shore, and he taught from the boat. And then we pick up in verse 4 of chapter 5, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, well, master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So after they had done so, they caught such a great large number of fish that their nets began to break. So... They signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them and they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now when Simon Peter saw this, he fell on his knees, at Jesus' knees and he said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished. They were in awe at the catch of fish that they had taken and they were, they were James and John, the sons of Zebedee and Simon's partners. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Now on, you will catch men. So they pulled up their boats on the shore, left everything, and they followed Jesus. Now, I'm a coach. I believe in game plans. I believe preparation is the key to victory. And so I wanna give you what I see in here, five coaching tips that will help us walk in a way that honors the calling of God upon our lives. Okay, you ready to receive it? And by the way, the great thing about this is you're gonna notice this mist rolling in over your life. It's called the fog, the favor of God. And Christ, I'll tell you what, Christ wants us to be his ambassadors wherever we go, bringing that fog with us, enriching the lives around us. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. I love salt. I I, I was pouring salt on something the other day I was eating, and and my wife said, honey, you're using too much salt. I said, no, it's biblical. (laughs) you you, got to be salty. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth. It's biblical. She said, no, use more pepper. I said, no, the Bible doesn't say thou art the pepper of the earth. It says you're the salt of the earth. So she got me Himalayan rock salt now. She said, this is better for you. You can use more of it if you want to. Salt makes everything better, right? And then he says, you are the light of the world. Light makes everything brighter. Have you ever thought about this? Everywhere you go, as as an ambassador of Christ, our mission is to make things better and brighter. We're to make people better and brighter. Everything we touch should be a little better and a little brighter, amen? I was in the uh, uh, Atlanta airport flying through there, and I went into the men's room, and I'm, I'm kind of a clean freak. And I go, and praise God for everything being automated now. You don't have to touch anything, because before I'm in there, like touching my elbows and trying to get my knees and do everything, you know. To, I didn't want to touch anything, because, you know, especially with men. Hell. And so, I'm in there, and, and I, so I'm washing my hands, and the automated deal, and I'm so glad I'm waving my hand and getting the towels, I'm so happy when I'm done, and I realized men are sloppy, and it was messy, and my sink was all messy and everything, so I said, well, hey, I got a second. Zip, 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 and I got some more towels, and I cleaned up my sink, and then I looked, oh, well, the, you know, the faucet's all stained, and so I went, zip, and I clean the faucet off, I polish it up, I look next to me, and that's a mess, so I clean that one up, and uh, a guy walks up to wash his hands, and so I goes, went, zip, zip, and I hand the towels. He gave me a dollar. Now when I got time on my hands, I know what I'm going to do. But it gets back to that principle that was driven into me early, leave everything a little better than you found it. And I thought, as followers of Christ, wherever we go, it should be a little better because we were there. People should be a little better. They should be a little more encouraged, a little more light, because we are the salt and light, because we are on mission. We are called of God. And listen, it's a game changer when you get hold of that, because it changes how you see yourself. It changes how you see others. It changes your your commitment to your families. You you take it to a whole new level of honor and commitment. Man, my wife and I have been married 48 years. We got married. I loved her since I was 16 years old. I made a mistake and told her 16 she's going to be my wife. It took me three years to convince her that was true. Finally, at 20, we got married, get married on Saturday night. We drive down to northern Cincinnati, stay in a Holiday Inn. That's all we could afford. Sunday morning, she's up getting dressed. I said, baby, what are you doing? She said, we're going to church. I said, church? I said, this is Sunday. I said, this is my first day with you. I've been waiting on this for four years, and you're going to church? Hello. We're not going to church. She said, no, we're going to church. And guess what? We went to church. (laughs) We've been in church ever since together, serving together, and that's been the greatest thing in the world for our marriage. And it takes your, when you realize that you, and we realize together we are called of God, and a part of our marriage covenant is fulfilling that calling. As we honor each other, we're honoring God. When we honor those we work with, we're honoring God. I I, I look at my life completely different. And I was a coach, and I realized as a coach, and I'm out there to win, and I was blessed to win, But I realized there was always this higher calling I had a certain awareness of. My dad was a truck driver, he he drove an 18-wheeler. He always said, if you wanna be a good driver, son, don't drive just here, you drive with your eyes on the horizon so you can anticipate any problem well down the road. And I thought about life. Isn't that a great way to live life? We need to live our lives with a sense of calling, and our eyes are always kind of on the horizon because we look beyond the the, the physical realm of our life to the spiritual and eternal realm of God's life and calling upon us, and that changes who we are. You are called. I want you to know this. You are called. That's the simple message God gave me to bring to you to simply remind you, you are called. Okay, here we go. Ready? Five coaching tips. I gotta get them quick. I gotta go real quick. Here we go. Coaching tip number one obey the word of God, right? Peter's first step was he obeyed, even though he had to go against his own understanding and everything that made any sense. He was tired, he was fatigued, but God said, go put your nets down. And so Peter obeyed the word of God. When we learn to get a daily discipline of seeking the will of God and simply aligning our lives with the word of God, we position ourselves to be led right into the fog of God. And here's what I love about this. Peter had no idea when this happened that he was gonna discover his true identity by obeying God. When you obey the word of God, you will discover truly your true identity in the Lord. I had a young man about a year ago come down forward after service and he, he came up to me and he confessed his lifestyle secretly in my ear and my first response to him was very simple I pulled him in and said son let me hug you and I pulled him in and I whispered in his ear I said don't you ever let the world define you and don't you even define yourself you find your identity in Christ and in Christ alone because the world will lie to you, the world will deceive you, the deception is all around you, darkness will try to envelop you, and it will bring destruction to you. But if you discover who you are in Christ, it will transform your life. It's transformational. See, that's the key about obedience. God gave us his word not to restrict our lives, but to set us free in our lives to protect us, to guide us, and to lead us into a pathway of discovery of our lives, our purpose, our identity that's found only in Christ, in Christ alone. I love this quote by unknown. I love unknown, he's, 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 he's a great guy. I, 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 I use his quotes occasionally, and then I get tired of using unknown, and I strike him out, and I put coach in there. That's what I'm called at home. Everybody calls me coach, so I just put coach. So you can strike unknown out and, and just put coach after this quote. But I love this quote by unknown. He says, those who walk with God always reach their destiny. Those who walk with God. You have a destiny. I want you to know you are called by God and you have a destiny awaiting you in the Lord. Peter wither, never found that until he took that first step of obedience that day to row his boat out into the deep and let his net down. Here's the second key I love. Second coaching tip I have for you so you can honor the calling that God has upon your life. Team up with other believers to have great impact. Nothing of true significance will ever be accomplished in our lives alone. God built us to be a part of his team, the church, the body of Christ. And so when we function together as a body, we have great impact together. It's simple truth. We're stronger together. One can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight, the Word of God says. A cord of three strands is not easily broken, Ecclesiastes says. Turn to somebody close to you there and say, it's very simple, we're better together. Will you tell them that right now? Come on, I'm looking at you, come on, tell them, tell them. We're we're better together, we're better together. Now turn back to that person and say, you you don't even know how much you need me, tell them. "You, You don't even know how much you need me. Come on, I'm, look, I'm looking at you. Come on, Frisco, stay with me, Frisco, come on. Come on, Grand Prairie, let's go. When I, uh, when I, when I play high school ball, I was a, a pretty good athlete, I was all-star, running back, and, and I made honorable mention All-American, and, and I, I set all the rushing records in, in Southern Ohio, and I had one game where I, I rushed for 276 yards and 11 and 11 carries and five touchdowns in the first half. Of course, we were playing Rosarian School of the Blind, but it was a good game. I had a good game. I had... Hey, I'm a running back, baby. Come on. Yeah, we're 5A and they're 1A, but what difference does that make? But I thought I was something. I got a college scholarship. I'm gonna go off to college, and and I'm in, I'm in, I think I'm in great shape. And, and I get there, and boy, there's a big difference hitting 250 pound boys in high school and hitting 285 pound men who just got back from Vietnam. I'm back. I played back in the '60s, and these guys got back from Vietnam. They got Agent Orange. They got strange looks on their faces. They've been living in the jungles, you know. And I'm and I mean I mean and it's like they, they had they had an open season. Kill every freshman you can. Freshmen are sneaking out in the middle of the night. They're running home. And then our crazy coaches, they wouldn't give us water. Never give us water. And when they would, they'd put it in a bucket with a towel in it for the whole team to drink. What? And you, they'd grab the towel, and they'd bring it up and sup it. Throw it back in there. Can you imagine after all these linemen— these dirty, nasty linemen have touched that thing. And then by, and the freshmen, we are the last guys to get to the bucket. Listen, by the time I got to the bucket, the flies would not even land on the bucket. I remember one practice, I was so dehydrated, I, I'd lost like 10 or 12 pounds in that one practice in a two hour time period. No water, nothing. I'm dehydrated completely. I, I'm kind of delirious, I'm a little, I'm just, my head's swooning. I'd, I'd thrown up everything I'd eaten for two days. I was as sick as could be. And the coach says, line up for sprints, running these 40 yard wind sprints. You guys play football, you know what I'm talking about. Running 40 yard wind sprints into practice. And I, for the first time in my life, a thought flashed across my mind, you may not make this. You may have to quit. And I'm sitting there gasping for air, and this All-American senior fullback walks up beside me, and he says, hey, rookie. I was impressed he knew my name, rookie. (laughs) And he, he he said, hey, rookie, run with me. I don't know what happened, but I got a renewed strength. I got down, we ran, and I drafted off of Charlie. His name was Charlie Pell. I drafted off of him, and I, and I stayed right with him. Man, wherever he was, I was. Guess where I lined up every practice for every drill? Man, I, everything I did, I lined up beside Charlie. I learned from Charlie. I, I, Charlie helped me to pace myself through practice right. He gave me an extra energy, and he would give me little coaching tips every once in a while on how to execute this play, and how to do that, and boom, boom, boom. Charlie got me through. And I made the team. And not only made the team, I started. I was the only freshman that made the team and started on that varsity team as a freshman. And I would have never made it except for Charlie Pell who said, hey, rookie, run with me. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Choose who you run with. Because if you want to live a champion's life, you find champions of the faith and you run with them. Listen, one of the greatest ways you can do that, sign up to be a volunteer and and serve at one of our campuses and and jump in and begin to serve with other people who are serving and who are champions of the faith and you will grow. Listen, I've heard it said that you you will never rise higher than the sum average of the five closest people in your life. Think about that. You want to choose people who are champions of the faith who will bring you to a whole new level. Why do you think I like to hang out with Pastor Robert? He's a champion of the faith. Why do you think I like to hang out with these these guys down here, Pastor Steve, Pastor Todd here on our South Lake? Because they're champions of the faith. And I I love Todd because he's got a dad named Tom, and I'm Tom, and I got a son named Todd. Hello. God's blessed me to have champions in my life, I love this quote by Mother Teresa. She says, you can do things I cannot do, and I can do things you cannot do, but together we can do great things. Amen? Amen. For we are better together. Here's the third thing I love about Peter, and it gives us a good coaching tip. Peter was honest and transparent about his life, and he said, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. He, He revealed an honest heart. Here's a key. Live a transparent life. No more of these double lives or hidden lives or compartmentalized lives. we live in a world today that likes to compartmentalize and we have our quote, private life and then we have our quote, public life. No, 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 as followers of Christ, we have one life, whether it's public or private. I was in Oklahoma preaching for a church in Oklahoma and I was backstage talking with the pastors and things and our mics were on and lo and behold, the sound guys did not have them turned off at the thing, so everyone in the service is hearing our conversation in the office. By the way, if they did that to me at our place, I would probably, my, my sound guys, you would see them running laps, carrying weights, okay? But anyways, <laughs> they had the sound on. And so, we were back, and when we walked out to the platform, they stood and started cheering. And we're going, what are they doing? What are they standing and cheering? I mean, I couldn't, I figured it out. And then someone whispered and said, we've been listening to you for the last 15 minutes back in the office. Praise God, we were talking about the things of God. <laughs> and, and we were, and he and I were in this impassioned conversation uh, about the kingdom of God and, and what God's called us to. And, and man, we were just fired up and we were feeding off each other about the kingdom of God. And by the time we got out, the people were on their feet, they were fired up, I didn't need to preach. We just took an offering and gave an honor call. Hello, come on. <laughs> the Bible says all hidden things will be revealed anyways, right? So let's just live one life. Let's be real, let's be genuine. When you're real and genuine, transparent, even about your weaknesses and your challenges and your faults in your life, I'm gonna tell you what, God will use that, God will honor that, and He, he will attract people to you because people are attracted to genuine character and integrity. I love this verse in the Bible in Proverbs 10, 9. It says, a man of integrity walks securely, but he who takes a crooked path will be found out. Amen? I also love this quote by Oswald Chambers. When a Christian jealously guards his secret life with God, his public life will take care of itself. Here's your fourth coaching tip. Here we go, fourth coaching tip. Never lose your awe of God. Your awe, Your astonishment your reverence for the things of God. Never let them become commonplace. And I wanna warn you, Gateway, what's happening in the Gateway is not common. Never lose your all of what God's doing. Never lose your all of the presence of God. Never lose your all of the favor of God. Never lose your all of your salvation, of your God's grace, of God's mercy, of God's love. Never lose your all. I was 16 years old when my grandfather said, son, it's time for you to preach your first sermon. I'm going, and grandpa was six foot four and man's man. And he just, you know, strong and love the Lord, love people. He says, time for you to preach. So I studied all week, not one sermon. Couldn't find it. So I came, to, I came to him on Saturday. I said, grandpa, there's not nothing. There's not one sermon in the Bible. Not one. <laughs> By the way, I still feel that way some weeks. You know what I mean? <laughs> Lord, I can't find a thing here. He said, son, no problem, he gave me a little scripture, gave me a little outline, and he got ready. So I'm I'm sitting up there Sunday morning with him on the platform, and we had those like big throne chairs, you know, in those days back there on our little little platform, and I'm sitting back there beside him, and I'm getting sick. I'm getting so nervous, I'm sick, I'm about to throw up. And and throw up is not a proper sophisticated word, is it? I don't even know what the sophisticated word for that regurgitation is, but anyways, I'm sitting there. (laughs) Sick and ready to throw up. And and I looked at grandpa and said, Grandpa, 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 I, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm sick. I'm, I, I've got to go. I've got to go. And he, said, nah. and he put that big old hand of his over on me. He said, son, don't ever lose that feeling. It's a sacred trust to share the word of God. God will help you. I got up and preached for five minutes. Sit down. God help me. And the people were really encouraged because I only preach for five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I still have that sense in me every time I have an opportunity to share the Word of God, I I stand in awe of God. I never want to lose our sense of awe of God. And finally, here's the other point I want to make. They left their boats, they left their nets, they left their way of life to step into the unknown when Jesus said, come and follow me. It took courage, it took courage for them to literally abandon their past in order to embrace their destiny. And it takes courage to abandon our past and embrace our destinies. Some men in our church found a guy living under a bridge on on one of our major interstates, interstate I-95. It runs up the east coast of Florida and all the way, I think all the way up to New York. He's living under this bridge, and they started taking him some food, and they started taking him some clothes, and they were taking blankets and everything. And one day, they finally convinced him after they had been ministering to him for, for many weeks to come to church with him. And I remember he walked in, and I actually saw this. I saw him walk in because you could tell, I mean, he, the way he was dressed and, and everything else, that this guy had, had been in a very desperate place. After the service was over, I just felt compelled the Lord to go back and, and seek this guy out. And I went back and I sought him out, and he was very kind of hesitant and, and pulled away from me. And I, I asked his name, and some guys introduced him to me. And I looked at him and I said, Son, we're here to love you. And I said, By the way, I said, Can I give you a hug? And he, he, his body language, he pulled way back. And I said, No, no, come, come here, come here. I want to give you a hug. You know one thing I found? I have found, I grew up, my dad's family, no affection at all, men didn't say I love you, they didn't hug you, they was not, you know, just suck it up and get tough. That's, you know, that's the way we grew up. My, my dad's, my mother's side of the family, very affectionate. you think they were a bunch of Italians, although they were Dutch, I don't know what the deal was there, but they you were know, hugging, kissing every time they saw you, you know, boom, boom, boom. So I grew up that kind of affection thing, so I grabbed that man and I hugged him, and he, he started weeping and fell his head on my shoulder. He just graduated from college this past weekend, and, what, what, and I want to tell you, that what made the difference in his life was he had a breakthrough about six weeks after he gave his heart to Christ. He had a breakthrough when he said, I was finally able to forgive myself and those who had abandoned me, and I was able to release all of my past and my pain into the hands of God. When he did that, he had a breakthrough. I want to tell you something. The things you hold on to in your life, they will often be the things that will really distract You from embracing all that God has for your life see when you hold this way it's so hard to receive what God has for you but when you get your hands open and release it into the hands of God even all the injustices all the pain all the abandonment all the betrayal has to be released into the hands of God let me leave you with this one statement significance in life and eternity are discovered when we honor the call of God upon our lives you are called okay here we go everybody get your hands clean clear nothing your hands get on your feet let's go all of our campuses. come on jump up jump up come on let's go get up get up come on north fork come on let's go come on grand prairie get up here come on come on fort worth come on get up let's go everybody get up here we go ready now in, in coaching terms the fundamental positions feet spread about the width of your shoulders and, and when I holler breakdown, we're gonna get in a fundamental position, which is a slight bend in your, in your knees, flex, back straight here. Okay, ready? Just break down. Get in this position one time. This is a fundamental position for all sports right here. Okay, boom. So now a minute I'm gonna holler breakdown. When I holler breakdown, we're gonna get in that fundamental position. Okay? And then when we get in that fundamental position, we're gonna do our, our breakout clap, which is one, two, three, one. It's one, two, three, one. Okay? And so I holler breakdown. We're gonna break down. One, two, three, one. Got it? Okay? And then we're gonna shout out I am called. I want you to affirm your calling today before heaven and before hell and before this company of believers, I am called. Okay. Now, because you're called, you're going to live different and you're going to impact lives like never before because remember, you are the salt and the light. Of the world because you're called okay ready you campuses ready get the campus pastor up on the platform pastor Todd, come up here with me come on baby let's go all the campus pastor get up on the platform show your people how to break down get get up come on come on hustle 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 get over here come on let's go get that microphone down get the microphone down here we go are you ready get yeah, rid read of that microphone you got it ready break down i am called i love you god bless you